0: Hi my name is Karika and I was invited by my friend Delaney aka Marshmallow and how the were- crew, warehouse crew <laughs> um, helped me was like it actually changed my life because I used to be doing bad things before and then I like I started liking it as a family and I invited Zoe so, so, aka Zoe. Hi my name is Zoe um, I was invited to the warehouse church by Karika and the warehouse crew has changed me in multiple ways it's become like one of my families now and it's like one of my happy places I can go and just feel loved, and I accepted Christ as my savior at church camp, thanks to everyone that came to support me.
1: So I grew up in Mexico. Both of my parents were missionaries, and they loved the Lord, and they always did everything to point me towards Christ. But it wasn't until the summer before my senior year, my brother went to camp, and he came back, and he was a whole different person. He, I knew that he found Jesus. Just hearing him talk to him, and pray, and read his Bible, and I knew I didn't have that, and I wanted it. And then um, a few weeks later, about three o'clock in the morning, I remember kneeling down and being embarrassed to say those words. Jesus, I screwed up, come into my heart. And that night he did, and I knew that he had changed me.
0: We're taking it to the streets, and this is who we're inviting. Oscar. And Israel. That was all. In case you didn't know it, the first two stars of our video are sitting right here in the front row by the pole right here. Right here. Good job, girls. Good job, girls. Love hearing those stories. If you have a story that you would like to tell us about somebody who invited you to church or has had an impact on your faith journey, uh, just take a selfie video and send that to the number that's going to be up on the screen, our church cell phone number, and we'll take that and we'll doctor it up a little bit. And you know what we do is we make you look really skinny and there's no blotches and your hair looks perfect, but uh, honestly, it's just a neat way for other people to get to know you and to hear about your story uh, about how somebody had an influence on your life. We're so glad you're here today. Met a lot of new faces today. Welcome to the Warehouse Church. This is a temporary meeting place that we're in right now. Uh, We are in the process of uh, doing a build-out on my right-hand side, your left-hand side of our building uh, the owner of this building has been so kind to let us uh, use this about 20,000 square feet uh, for free until our build-out is done, and we're so thankful for that. He's just a good, good man, and our building will be done soon. We got our uh, all of our approvals this last week. We're very excited about that. you will going to see a lot of movement in the next couple weeks. Yeah, come on now. Let's celebrate that. So we moved a little bit. We kind of moved into the basement of our new house, okay? That's kind of what we did, but... Uh, We're really looking forward to being in our new facility when it's all finished and want to make sure that you feel welcome, not only today, but when we do that, our our big grand opening, and we'll be giving you uh, plenty of notice about that. Hey, if you have a Bible with you, and if you don't, it's okay. Open up to Colossians chapter 4. We're going to put these verses up on the screen in a little bit so you can read them, too. It's going to be kind of the primary place I'm going to read from today. We also do something cool uh, we have, uh, if, you, if you download the app called Uversion, you could download that app and follow along the message outline on, you, on that, and we'll put information about that up at the end of the service day. But it's kind of a cool way for you to refer to the message, and if there's something you like that you've heard, you can go on our church website, download the message, send somebody the outline. They'll just get a whole opportunity to be in church uh, later on this week if you'd like to send them that. Anyway, I want to just kind of, by way of introduction, this series recalled taking it to the streets. We heard from these sweet girls sitting in the front row, who everybody's looking at right now. Uh, some guys in our church. We heard from Obi, who's one of our leaders in our Spanish ministry, just meeting about maybe about 150 feet to my left. Um, the idea is just to try to understand who, not only who has had an influence on our life spiritually, but how you can have an influence and an impact on other people's lives too. Uh, this this week. Uh, September 11th is very near and dear to all of our hearts. We, we, we remember uh, sacrifices, the attack on the United States, but we remember a lot of the good that happened out of that. Uh, one of the things that happened that was just unbelievable was uh, when, the, when the Twin Towers in New York City uh, had the planes fly into them before those buildings collapsed, 345 or 343, something like that, uh, first responders went up into that building to help people come out because they cared. Because they knew that there were people's lives on the line. I heard somebody say it this week. I wonder if we approached our lives every day with that much determination to see people come to Christ. Uh, because, you know, we all have stuff. I mean, I have a busy, busy life. Um, we're, uh, my wife and I uh, have four girls. We have two grandkids. We have a grandkid that's coming in about three, four weeks probably. Uh, my youngest girl's in college. You know, we, we are very in, an intricate part of her life, and her dating life right now has been, a you know, a little bit of a challenge for us. Uh, but, you know, we have life, you know. I mean, I, I was telling the church last week that my week was so busy in order for me to kind of get my head around. Even Sunday, I had to cut my grass before church last Sunday uh, just because I was kind of off kilter a little bit because life is just so busy, and all of us have that. But I think what winds up happening in our lives is if you do have a relationship with Christ... Sometimes we don't always act out what we say we believe, and I'm going to give you an example of that this morning. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1, this is right after Jesus, who we just sang about, ascended back up into heaven. After he completed his work, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, he came to this earth, lived a perfect life, laid his life down so that we could have a relationship with him, rose up from the grave three days later, and then about 30-some-odd days after that, uh, he ascended back up into heaven, went home to be with his father at the right hand of God the Father. The very last thing that he said, you know, have you ever heard that statement, famous last words? Well, the very last thing that was recorded that Jesus said is recorded in Acts chapter 1. And Jesus says this to the early believers just before he, I mean, literally floats up into the sky. He says, you're going to receive power. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that word witnesses doesn't necessarily mean if I uh, – How many? let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had somebody come, knock up on your door, and invite you to church or want to have some kind of spiritual conversation with you? Raise your hand up in the air. Now, no hate. How many of you don't like that? I'll put my hand up first. I, I don't – when somebody comes knocking on my door, right, I usually have a T-shirt on, my mesh shorts. You know, I'm kind of just home, just chilling. The interruption kind of bothers me a little bit. Is anybody else like that a little bit? I just don't like to be interrupted when I'm at home, you know? We think of witnesses, we think of people walking around like Jesus fanatics, taking, you know, tracks around saying, you need to come to church because you're dying to go to hell, amen? That's not what witnesses mean. Here's what a witness is. A few years ago, uh, I was, um, a few years ago, a long, long time ago, I was 18 years old, I was in a real bad car accident. And because of that car accident, I had to go to court about five years later. And when I had to go to court, I sat for a week in a, in a real live courtroom drama, stuff you see on TV, I was like front and center on it. And they called witnesses to come up to talk about what they've seen. Uh, when you think about judicially what a witness is, you have to give an account of something that you personally experience, and you have to tell the truth, right? That's what this word witnesses mean in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8. That Jesus said, I want you to tell everybody what happened in your life. He said, I want you to tell your story. Just like we're hearing in our uh, videos before the messages, and hopefully from you, from some some more of you this week, we're hearing accounts of what has taken place in your life. You are giving a witness or a testimony or a real-life story of how somebody had an impact on your life. And that's what Jesus told the people in the early church to, his followers you saw something that changed your life. Now, be, be a witness of it. Share people that story. And you know what happened in the early church? The, the book of Acts is a really exciting book to read. It's just like boom, 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 thing after thing after thing, real fast moving along, a lot of great, great stories that happened in there. But can I tell you something the early believers did? They believed. Now, I know that sounds a little redundant, right? Believers believed. Okay, what's that supposed to mean? They really believe that Jesus, as soon as he said those words in Acts chapter 1, verse number 8, he says, You're going to receive power. The Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. Be witnesses. Tell everybody what you saw. Verses right after that, the Bible says, An angel came down and said, You men of Galilee, why are you watching him float up to the sky? Go do what he told you to do. Just go start telling people about what Jesus did. They didn't go to Bible college. They didn't have any ministry training. They didn't go through any discipleship program necessarily like we would be familiar with today but this is what they did. They told people their story, the real and raw truth about what happened in their lives. I was going down the road one day and this dude Jesus met me. I was down in the middle of the city and he healed my daughter. I was over here and I saw him feed thousands and thousands of people. I saw that with my own eyes and he did something for you so that your life can be forever changed. That's what a witness was supposed to do tell the truth about their own life, about what Jesus had done for them. You know what they did? They believed, because here's what they believed. They not only believed that Jesus came, they saw it, right? And boy, what a neat thing that would have been to be here when Jesus was alive, when Jesus did all those miracles, when he ministered to people, when he loved people unconditionally. Just to have a seat front and center, and that must have been unbelievable. But he said this about that for those of us that aren't able to see him in person. In John chapter 20, at the very end, he says uh, to Thomas, who really didn't believe it was Jesus when he first saw him resurrected, he said, Thomas, the only reason you believe in me is because you see me. He said, blessed are those who have never seen me yet still will believe. You know who that blessing is for? It's for us. But we are going to see him someday, and we're real excited about that. But when you understand what Christ has done in your life, and, and that, that he did come, he did... Die for our sins in all the things he did for us, and we believe that. Then we want to. Then we ought to want to at some point in our lives be witnesses of of what he's done in our life. So how do we communicate good news? How do we communicate good news? Uh, good news is an interesting thing. I saw we have friends of ours um, from uh, Philadelphia who are tra- they were transplanted Texans that moved to Philly and they were all this. The foot, what's the football team in here in Dallas called again the, the, with the star? The Texans, something like, oh, America's team. That's right, America Tech, the, the Cowboys. But they used to wear all that stuff every single week, and we would, we would always have a good time and go watch the game together. His son and daughter-in-law are having their first baby, first grandbaby on both sides, and they did the big Facebook announcement, right, with the shooting cannons, with the blue dust, with the background, with the mom and dad hat, with everybody watching and cheering on, because tell, telling people over the phone or through a text message, "Hey, we're pregnant, just doesn't work anymore." It doesn't work. I was telling my girls I, I think it was with when our, 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 first da- our first grandbaby was when she was pregnant with her. I said, "Do you know how birth announcements used to be made? You were told that the rabbit died." That's how you knew somebody was pregnant. How many of you know that? How many of you heard that before? The rat, you know, you, okay, all the old people said amen. That's, that's something that they used to do something to rabbits that if the rabbit died, you were pregnant. I don't know what, maybe to drink the juice. I don't know what it was, but so that, that, that used to be how you found out you were pregnant. And then, boy, we, you know, then it was the blood tests and the, and the, the PP test and all these different things happened. But now it's the Facebook thing, right? You gotta, and, and you can't just say, hey, we're pregnant, you got to do something that's really big, really exciting, really, because you have to top what your friends have done, right? You can't take a step back, you got to do a little bit more. And that's how we announce good news, right? Because it's exciting to us, because it's, it, it, it's something that means a lot to us. Uh, Apple this week announced uh, new products, a, an upgraded iPhone, an upgraded watch, an upgraded this. And, and they said that millions and millions of people, we even have some techies in our church that they gave them time off during the day and had a big screen where they work, just so they could watch these big announcements that Apple was making because, because it was good news. So today I want to talk to you about how we can share good news. Our faith, taking it to the streets, I'm going to talk to you about two things. The fuel behind it, what's going to fuel us to do it, and then I want to give you a little bit of strategy on how to tell other people your faith story or your good news. So let me read this passage for you out of Colossians chapter four. Verses two through six. God's inspired word says this Devote yourselves to prayer, be watchful and thankful, and pray for us too. How many of you need prayer this morning? Raise your hand up in here. I just need prayer for something. Okay, let's pray for each other. Father, bless everybody that needs prayer this morning. You know the need and you love them individually. In Jesus' name, amen. So it says, Pray for us too that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. For which I am, Paul says, I'm in chains. Paul was in jail because he was telling a story. Verse number four, it says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Uh, be wise in the way that I act towards, towards outsiders, making the most of every opportunity. And then he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Uh, I, I wanna provoke you a little bit with a video. Uh, some of you have heard about the magicians named Penn and Teller, real funny guys are like magician comedy guys. There's a real big dude with long hair. And then there's a little tiny guy that hardly ever talks. Uh, I think which one's which is the tall guy named Penn. Okay. He tells a story about somebody who was sharing their faith story with him. And I want you to take a look at this. It's very compelling. And, uh, and then we'll get right back to this. Check this out.
1: I want to talk to you about this, uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we uh, we talk to folks and you know sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position. After I was all done, big guy, probably about my age, big guy, and um, he had been the um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so we had the props from that in his hand because we'd give those away. He had the, the joke book and the, and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, I, eh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted, he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff, no reason to go into it, but he said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon Pocket edition. Um, he said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of, uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman, I'm, I'm sane, I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And, uh... It was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me and then gave me this Bible. How much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, Uh, not very personal, but just, you know, like to show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that uh but i'll tell you he was a very 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 good man and uh that's really important and with that kind of goodness uh it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement i still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff but man that was a good man who gave me that book that's all i wanted to say you
0: think about the person on the other end of the invite, you know, and you could even see the conviction in his eyes. That will be on our church Facebook this week if you want to forward that uh, and share that with anybody. But I want, to give you some, I want to give you some fuel and some strategy on how we can, as, as, as Penn just said, proselytize or just invite people to church or just speak love into their lives and kindness into their lives and, and, and invite them to be a part of something that you say that you believe in and uh, I think the fuel for all of this starts with prayer. The Bible says that the effective prayer of a righteous person means a lot. Um, and there's some things that you can pray for that we read for, that we read in that first part of that, that passage in Colossians. The first thing we pray for in verse number three, we pray for an open door. You know? Uh, man, there, there's a lot of obnoxious ways that people want them to agree with them. and, and you know, we, we could talk about political things, but thank God Almighty, we're not going to do that. Somebody say amen. We don't need to be political this morning. We're in church. But there's a lot of ways that people will get up in your face about political things they believe in. There's a lot of ways that people get up in your face when it comes to even sports team stuff like I mentioned earlier, you know. Uh, I was coming down an elevator yesterday going to a restaurant up by the Star, and I had, I had uh, my home colors on. We'll just say that. And some guy walked up to me and said, I know why you're wearing that eagle shirt. You're a front runner. And that just went, I mean, that was just like boiling from my toes all the way up to my neck. And I said, when you've waited as long as I have, sir, you're not a front runner, you know. And I was like shaking, you know, and tremoring when I was telling him the story. But, you know, people are weird about that stuff. They want you to agree with them. You know, I had a friend say to me one time, I had a friend call me one time and say, hey, man, are you mad at me? I said no. He said, "I don't know, man. I kind of." And he was like super serious, confronting me on the phone. He said, "Listen to this. I put something up on Facebook this week, and you didn't like it." I said, "What do you mean? I liked it. It was great." Well, you didn't hit the you didn't hit the like button, and he was offended. And you're saying he? Yeah, it was a guy. He was offended that I didn't agree publicly with this point he was making about strawberry ice cream or something. I don't even know what it was, it was insignificant. But we fight very hard for people to share opinions that we have. And I think what, what Paul is saying here, pray for an open door. You know, we don't have to be confrontational and ugly with people. I loved how he said, and listen, you have to, there's some things about this video that you could walk away with to say, wait a minute. So you're promoting atheism? No, we're not promoting atheism. We're just trying to get you an opinion of somebody else who's totally disconnected church on how they feel about people that invite people to church. Because what we don't want when we invite people to church or hand them a card or 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 uh, in, in some way try to open up a conversation and share our faith story, you don't want them walking away saying, man, they are cuckoo for cocoa puffs. That person is super duper weird. And listen, it's okay. I'm not saying there's like this norm that you have to be, this little tiny box that you have to fit in. Listen, we like weird. anybody else like weird? Say amen. I like weird. Are you sitting next to somebody that's weird? Tell them they're weird if they are, okay? It's okay to be different. We're not all called to be the same people. We're not all called to like the same things. God made us individually very distinctly and purposefully because you have been fearfully and wonderfully made. It's okay that we feel different about stuff. I'm married to somebody who is the polar opposite of everything that I am. And that's good that God put us together. It's a good, that's a good mix for us. But we, sometimes people, when it comes to church, people can invite people to come to church or even have a faith story being mad at them. I had a friend of mine say, I'm not coming to church because the last time that somebody invited me to church, they said, fine, just go to hell then. Well, you know what? Maybe I will come because that was very compelling. Yeah, I'd love to come and sit with you and be part of your friendly congregation. Who wants to be part of something like that, right? It's hard. Listen, if you've never been to church, and if, and if today's your first day in church, welcome, welcome to Warehouse Church. We're super glad you're here. I mean that with all my heart. But you know, when you walk into a church, it's weird when you're meeting people for the first time. They want me to go places. They want to, they, people keep touching me. They keep saying hi. I mean, all these little, you know, these little people dynamics that happen, right? They're very, very real. And people can, can be very put off sometimes by weird Christian knucklehead people. They really, and we have to be careful by that. We have to pray for an open door. And listen, an open door is an open door that we're going bam and kicking open. We pray, that hurt a little bit. We pray that God opens the door. That God ushers that little that little time that you can have that conversation that god will lead you and direct you to say the words that you would say and listen it might not even be a would you come to church with me today you need you know what it might be how can i pray for you you look like something's going on in your life how can i encourage you and I tell you what speaks volumes sometimes silence you don't have to say stuff sometimes to show people you care listening just listening to somebody Who's given all their stuff, you know? Man, I got I, I did a counseling session one time for this couple, and I'm telling you that the lady that was in the, and this was about 15 years ago, the lady that was in this It was a husband and wife. For the hour and 15 minutes we were in our room, she was like Dino from the Flintstones. I mean, she just did not. I mean, I I I was worried that she was not getting oxygen to her brain because it would just know it. And after, and I don't think I said two words except for, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, Mm," you know. She came up to me afterwards bawling. That was one of the best counseling sessions I've ever been in. I'm coming back next week. I just love you. You're so wise. You're so smart. And I walked away. I said, I didn't say a stinking word. What did she get out of that? Somebody listen to her. Somebody listened. We could tell, if you care enough that you want to tell people something significant about your life that's true, care enough to hear about their life too. That'll open a huge, huge door. Pray for an open door. Here's the second thing. Pray for courage. It's kind of hard to invite people to church. Paul said, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. Courage, you know, that I won't be afraid when God opens that door, when God's nudging you a little bit. Do you ever feel God nudge you a little bit to do something? Hey, you need to help them. You need to step in. You need to be kind. You need to, you need to, you need to do something, you know. I, I'm, 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 the Holy Spirit's just telling you, that family needs help, and I want you to do that, or that lady needs encouragement, or that guy needs a little pat on the back, whatever that may be. Pray for courage. And number three, pray for clarity. Pray, pray. You prepare yourself. The fuel to telling people about Christ, the fuel to sharing your story, the fuel to sharing your testimony, the fuel to open doors, encourage, and clarity starts with prayer. Everybody say pray. Pray. Okay, you've got to pray just to make it today. Somebody, you know what that means. Pray for an open door, pray for courage, pray for clarity. So here's, how can we have, what, what is our strategy in taking it to the streets? Strategy number one is this, walk in wisdom. Walk in wisdom. Uh, Paul prayed for and asked for God to give him, he said, be wise in every way that you act towards outsiders. Walk in wisdom. You know what wisdom means? Wisdom means you understand timing. Ready for this? Their timing, not yours their timing our timing is i got to do this now i got to do this now. i have stuff to do i have stuff to do i have stuff to do listen if you're going to invest in people's lives invite them to church be part of their faith story perhaps someday it's going to cost you something and i'm going to tell you something money is a lot easier to spend on people than your time is than your time is time is a time is a very very valuable commodity that a lot of people don't have a whole lot of today Because we have very, very, very busy lives. And sometimes I think, and I have to analyze my life in in this area all the time, you know, sometimes we can be too busy. You know, too busy to listen, too busy to stop, too busy to care, too busy to understand, too busy to discern a need that somebody else may have. Walk in wisdom. Wisdom means you understand their timing, not necessarily yours. Wisdom means you're assessing the situation in the conversation, right? So how's this conversation going, you know? This guy, I I loved, I loved that Penn said about this guy, he was a good man. He was a nice man. Now listen, being good and being nice, that's not the answer for, for, for eternity, but here's what it does. It opened the door. It got his attention. It gave this guy who said he cared about Penn credibility, and you've got to establish some kind of credibility when you're talking with people about the most important thing in the world, spiritual things, right? We've got to make sure that, that we're assessing the situation and their conversation and ours. Sometimes it's going to take more than a conversation, more than two conversations. It might, t- it might mean you have to go out to coffee with them or take them out to dinner or have them over your house. I was talking to a young couple that's kind of newish to our church and I say, hey, you guys need to come to our house this week. We're going to have some coffee, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then you'll really see what kind of cray-cray you're getting into. Because, you know, when you, you know you are getting next-level uh, information about people's lives, even just walking in their house, you go, mm-hmm. So they're those kind of people. You know, they have those kind of things hanging in their house. You notice smells. You notice animals. You notice dogs. You notice cats. All oh, right? you notice all those things when you get into their lives. Wisdom means also, listen to this. Wisdom means you remember that you're representing Jesus more than yourself. Don't get offended at people that say no. Don't get offended. Listen, here's the here's the big you're totally off the hook statement right now. You ready? It's not your job to save anybody. It's not your job to save anybody. It's not my responsibility to save Johnny. But you know what? It is my responsibility to do in Johnny's life is to be an encouragement and to be kind. So that when he talks about me to other people, he says, yeah, he is the real deal, right? Uh, we want to make sure that, 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 that we're asking God and demonstrating and seeking wisdom and understand the fact that we represent him, not ourselves. And here's the last part about wisdom. Wisdom means you're asking God for and submitting to his help, there's a lot of us, inclusive, that can be very stubborn about asking for help. Um, I, I told you earlier, those of you that know me know this, I have four girls. So in my house, I was the lifter. I always had to pick, you know, whenever we had to move furniture and pick stuff up, it was dad will do it. He'll, You know, he can do that. That's, that's what dad's good for in this house. Mom does everything else. But dad can move stuff. And then if we have stuff in high cabinets, dad can do that too, right? So being the guy that was like the physical presence in the house, you know, I had to make sure that. And a couple of years ago, I got real sick, and I was on my back for a couple of weeks. And, and it was hard for me to depend on other people. It was hard for me to say, honey, can you um, help me with this? Can you help me with, with this? Can I, I, I can't tie my shoe. And my wife, who's very empathetic and very... Just just deep, deep care. I said, honey, I can't tie my shoe. And she says, are you one of those old guys that's going to need Velcro shoes someday? I mean, she just picked me up when I was at my lowest. You know, I was at my lowest in my life. Wisdom means asking God for help. And sometimes it's hard to ask God for help because we want to be self-sufficient. So the first thing we do, our first strategy is be wise. Second strategy is this. Make the most of every opportunity. What kind of opportunities do you have? Uh, friends outside of church, community outside of church. Let me ask you something. We talked last week about inviting people, inviting people, inviting people. Who's on your invite radar? Who could you invite to? What kind of community are you involved with outside of church stuff? I'm going to tell you, you ready for this? This is going to sound a little judgmental, and I'm saying it towards Christians, but don't feel like I'm judging. I'm, I'm, I'm including myself in this. Sometimes Christians can be very guilty of only hanging out with other Christians. We're a whole. World. I want to be because we want to be around people we have stuff in common with. We want to be around people where we have, you know, things that we share and can talk about, and 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 there's common ground. There's there's something about finding common ground with other people that's so uh, significant, and and really kind of tears down those walls and barriers when it comes to relationships. And 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 if we don't have people we're talking to outside of church, guess what? You're not going to be able to invite anybody to church. If everybody you know is a believer, that's awesome. You need to go get some junkyard dog friends in your life. You need to find some jacked up people you can hang around because here's the truth of the matter. We're just as jacked up as anybody else. You know, walk in our house. We have Joshua 24, 15 on our wall somewhere. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Dun, dun, not right? And we're like real anthematic about that, right? super convicted about it. But then when we get around unsaved people, or people that don't go to church, or people that cuss a little bit, by the way, Christians cuss. Somebody say amen. amen. That's all the cussers. But anyway, you got, if you're not, if, if, if you don't get around people like that and understand, you know, it, 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 it's not compromising. It's not compromising. Well, what if they, yeah, they're going to be different. They're going to have different values. They're going to be different than you. That's Okay. They don't, need, they, don't, they don't need you to tell them who to vote for. Man, I'll tell you what. Political stuff has become so divisive. So divisive. Can I tell you something? If you know Christ as your Savior, don't spend three hours on Facebook every day telling people why you did or didn't vote for whoever you did or didn't vote for. Tell them to come to church. The Bible says the hand the the heart of the king is in the hand of God. If you voted, vote. The day before you vote, tell everybody to go to vote. But when the voting's over and weird stuff's happening, weird stuff's happening in Washington or weird stuff's happening in, 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 in Austin or weird and Austin is weird anyway, but weird stuff's happening. It's okay. That's just the world. That's the way it's gonna be, right? Your job is not to fix the government of the United States of America. Because if you could, they would know you could do it and you'd be making a lot more money than you make today. Right? Unless you make a lot of money, we're happy you're here. But it's not our we don't have to worry about changing the political landscape. What we have to do is worry about getting that next person that God puts in our life that needs Christ. That's what we need to spend more time worrying about. Number three, let your speech be seasoned or let your speech be filled with grace. Be filled with grace. One of the things I love that he said about that guy that gave him that Bible, he was a nice, nice, he was just a good man. He was, that's this self-proclaimed atheist recollection of this guy that gave him a Gideon Bible and invited him to church. What you don't want people saying about you if you give them a Gideon Bible and invite them to church is they were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. They were obnoxious. They were belligerent. They were mean about it. They were judgmental. And I'm saying those things because you and I have heard those words said about Christians before. Hopefully not about us. Hopefully not about you or me. Let your speech be with grace. Look at, look at two kinds of speech we have in our life. I mentioned one, media or social media voice. You have a voice on social media. Use it for kindness, for values, for, for niceness. Just be, can a brother be nice to some people once in a while? Please, be nice to people. And be nice when you talk to people. Don't be snarky. Don't be mean and snippy and be nice. Just be nice. Listen, if people know you're nice and you, and that's not easy for us to do. I know we have, a, we have a little delegation in our church. It's from the northeastern part of our country. They're Yankees. People from Philadelphia don't have a reputation of being the nicest people in the world. Don't say amen. Thank you. But man, if, if, if you're nice and kind let me ask you a question. What happens when you walk into a room full of people? Are people like, "ooh"? There's Captain Negative. There's Gossip and Gertrude. Does anybody know anybody named Gertrude, by the way? I don't think anybody knows anybody named Gertrude anymore. But are, are, do you gossip? Are you, are you mean? Are you unkind? Listen, if you are, please don't invite people to our church. I don't want to go there with all those other No. Be, be that person Like um, Mary Tyler Moore. I'm aging myself, right? Remember about Mary Tyler Moore? What did I say about Mary Tyler Moore? She can turn the world on with her. Yeah, that was good. That was good, right? Just be that person that lights up a room when you walk into a room with kindness. And you know what? You will have a platform to invite somebody to come to your church, if that's your reputation. Let your speech be seasoned with grace. Number four, Know your response. Conversation has two meanings. It's interesting. Know and choose your words wisely and be prepared. Be prepared. But I think it's interesting if you read that passage again in Colossians, Paul said this in verse 6. Let your conversation, that's a key word, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer people. That word conversation is a duality that has two different meanings in that original word that the the Bible language is written in in Greek, this, this, this passage, Conversation means two things. It means this kind of conversation, the stuff that comes out of your mouth, right? Your daily conversation. You get on the phone, you talk to somebody, you're at work, you're having a meeting, you're having a conversation. But the word conversation also means this, lifestyle. In Philippians chapter two, Paul said, let your lifestyle, let your conversation be that where people think that you're acting or living like or emulating Jesus Christ. So our conversation needs to be kind, right, it needs to be uh, caring, we need to be in the moment with people, we need to talk to people, we need to be not judging, not gossiping, right? There's our conversation in our mouths need to be good, but then our lifestyle, our conversation of our lifestyle needs to take on the same character qualities, right? Be nice, live nice, be a good neighbor, you know, just simple, simple things that sometimes we, we kind of overlook and we, we, we really devalue the impact that opening a door up for a pregnant woman can have on her life. Sometimes we devalue the impact of letting somebody else take your parking spot that you've been fighting for for the past 15 minutes, right? Uh, or, or letting somebody in ahead of you in, in traffic, God forbid, you know? Or maybe even using your turn signal. They're gonna think you're like an evangelist for Jesus if that happens, Right? But your lifestyle, your lifestyle conversation. Let me ask you a question and we'll close. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to give an answer? First Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, revere, respect, acknowledge, love. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And listen to this. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. Are you prepared? Are you prepared to take the message of Jesus loves you? Jesus isn't mad at you. He's mad about you. Um, God wants to make a difference in your life. God wants to be a part of your life, no matter what kind of stuff's in your life right now. Are you prepared to take that message to people with, with, with gentleness and kindness the Bible is, is, is encouraging us to be prepared to do that. So how do we prepare for, to, to do that? We pray and ask God to give us those attributes of courage and clarity and all those different things. And then, we, and then we be very strategic in our relationships with people. God will open doors if you're already preparing for that. Okay, so here's what I want you to do real quick. In your mind, I want you to think about somebody you know that needs hope in their lives. Somebody you know that, that, that needs to be part of a, a community of people that don't judge and, 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 and don't look down on you for, for what you wear or don't wear, or don't look down on you because of what your background is, or don't look down on you that you've never been in church, or don't look down at you because you, 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 you voted for somebody, or you take on a lifestyle for you, that they don't look down on you, that, that we don't want to do anything but get you in this building so you can hear about the hope that lies within us, Jesus Christ. If you know somebody like that, last week we had an exercise. If you know one person, one finger, two, two fingers, three, three fingers, four, four fingers. If you know one person that you know needs to hear the story that this guy told Penn, the story that we talked about today, that Jesus loves you, gave himself for you, and wants to make a difference in your life. If you know one person, I want you to do something. There's a sticky note in front of you, and there's pens in the back of the chairs. I want you to write that person's first name or their initials down. Don't write their first and last name down, okay? We don't want to. You know, we don't want to go to work tomorrow and say, hey, man, somebody wrote your name on the wall at my church, and they think you need to go to well, We don't do that. Just write their first name down or their first and last initial. And we're going to pray for them. And um, we're going to have Liz come up in just a second. We're going to play a little bit of music. And we're going to ask you to, in just a moment, on the signs on the wall, you see there's two little posters that say on this side and on that side. There's four of them all together. Taking it to, and this week we're going to take it to the people who, who you are mentioning on those pieces of paper. And every day this week, our team is going to go up to all these posters and pray for them. Wednesday night, when we have our Wednesday night, uh, our groups on Wednesday night, we have a men's group, ladies' group, Spanish group, children's group, student ministry group. We have a great, great time on, on, on Wednesday nights. Really, really do. We'd like you to invite you to come back to that. We've got people in this auditorium that are going to go from sign to sign and pray for every initial and every first name that's on these signs this week. And we're gonna give you an opportunity to participate in that and put their names up on those things in just a second. I wanna invite you, if you would, to stand with me. We're gonna have a word of prayer. And after we pray, if you feel compelled, uh, if you're not embarrassed, we're gonna ask the lights kind of get dimmed down a little bit so we don't feel like we're spotlighting. But if you if you don't mind, after we pray, if you're on the left, my, right, my left-hand side, your right-hand side of the auditorium, just work your way over there and take that sticky note and put it right on that thing. Again, on my right, your left, you can do the same thing over here, but let's claim these people. We're going to take it to, I'm going to take it to my next door neighbor. I'm going to take it to this person at work. I'm going to take the message of Jesus. I'm just going to invite them to church or maybe just give them a little bit of information about our church and invite them to come out this week. Father,